baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Eight o'clock hour on a football Friday here on DFW Sports Station. Got the entire crew here. Sean Sharif, RJ Choppy, Cowboys insider Bobby Belt, along with Pepe and Ryan in the back. So, got some Cowboy finalists awards nominations yesterday. NFL honors are going to be on February 8th. Cowboys finalists who got nominated. Dak Prescott for MVP. Offensive Player of the Year, Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb. Defensive Player of the Year, candidates, Deron Bland and Micah Parsons. Other finalists for MVP, Lamar, Josh Allen, McCaffrey, Brock Purdy. Offensive Player of the Year finalists, besides Dak, Lamar, Tyreek Hill, CMC, and then Defensive Player of the Year finalists, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. How do you guys think the MVP voting will go for numbers two and three after Lamar? Will it be Purdy Dak, Dak Purdy, or McCaffrey thrown in there? I don't know that McCaffrey's going to get. Th- I don't think McCaffrey should over Tyreek. Okay. <sighs> um, I think it'll be. I think it'll be Purdy or Allen second. But do we know exact like the exact date this was voted on? No, I don't. It has to be done before the end of the regular season, right? That's what I'm not sure of. Like, like it would clearly the the playoff game wouldn't have any impact, but I just wonder how much like Dak's close to the season potentially impacted. I'm gonna guess it goes Lamar, Allen, Dak, mm. Allen. Yeah, because I think people are gonna say like, look how impressive like, he shouldered them down the street. Like, if the, like kick, the the kick, end of kick. season votes, I think probably gave him a big boost. Okay. I agree. I think Allen is second. Uh, the, the question for third is going to be Dak or Purdy. Okay. So, with everyone basically against giving Dak an extension, giving him a raise, playoff choker, run him out of town, do the Falcons deal that Jeff Saturday suggested. I had said a couple weeks ago, I can't remember an MVP-type season being so disrespected. That's the main reason why I want to give Dak his extension and give him his increase. Yes, we have a humongous playoff question, but how many other quarterbacks are capable of giving you that season? And Choppy, you went and did some extra homework about MVP disrespect. Yeah, and like if you look at it throughout. And tell, and tell me where my thinking, y'all, Tolos, is flawed in that. Now, I tried to throw a flaw in there myself the other day by saying this year with a lot of the numbers, even though Bobby went extra nerd level on me, of course, to defend his boy, but. With the counting numbers, this year is basically the same as two years ago. Touchdowns, interceptions, yardage, blee blah. It, was it just that Dak is going to finish top three in MVP voting this year because the candidates and the nominees were watered down? This was a watered down MVP season, and it was a watered down Heisman season. We kept saying throughout the football year. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit it was. Um, so I went and looked. At- and I'm like, how could you not want the third guy for MVP to get extended? Yeah. How can we do that? That doesn't sound right to me. That doesn't make sense on the surface. On the surface. Then you go back and you look, and it's like, all right, so 
other guys who kind of made uh, drive-by, because if you've never made it before, I call it a drive-by. It's a drive-by MVP season. Right. It's a career year, which, I mean, you could say Dak's had a few career years because I think he's he's done. There may have been seasons where I think you can make the case. I think in 2016, you can make the case that he should have gotten some MVP votes in 2016. Yeah. I mean, he may have. Like, I think he may have gotten a couple. Not right. from Nick Eatman, I'm sure. Definitely not from Nick Eatman. Rookies can't win it. <laughs> Love you, Nick. But if you go back to the 2016 season, uh, let's see. Zeke, he got one vote. Zeke got six votes. Yep. Uh, Zeke finished fourth in MVP voting in 2016. Dak finished sixth. So I went back and looked at other quarterbacks who kind of had drive-by MVP seasons. Let's go back to last year. Jalen Hurts finished second. All right, mm-hmm. that was it. He kind of he kind of came there and he went, mm-hmm. him went. In 2017, Carson Wentz finished third. In 2016, Derek Carr finished third. Matt Ryan won. That was kind of Matt Ryan's drive by. He had he had another year where he came kind of close, but in 2015, Cam Newton won. That was kind of his drive by year. Carson Palmer finished third. Phillip Rivers finished third in 09. I think he's the best on the list, or one of them. Chad Pennington finished second in 2008. Mm. Okay. Michael Vick finished second in 04. Rich Gannon won in 02. Steve McNair finished third. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh finished fourth in 96. Fourth? Fourth. Wow. So there's plenty of examples of quarterbacks having a rise-up year. Yeah. Finish it in the top three, and then just kind of—it's a career year. There's nothing wrong with having, having a career is not a, not a shot. I mean, everybody has a career year. Every quarterback in history has had a career year. Some career years are better than others. Some are yeah. more sustainable. But I mean, every quarterback's had a career year. So basically, I'm trying to say, how could you not give a top tier MVP candidate his extension? And you're saying, is this a sign of consistency moving forward or his career year? How do we know that this is going to happen again? And I think it's, you know, yeah, it's a fair question. Because, like, generally, you know, in the history of the list, let's go back to the last 20 years, you basically saw, you know, Rodgers pop up a lot. You saw Manning pop up a lot even when they didn't win. You saw Brady pop up a lot. Mahomes always is in it. Uh, now, he's not going to be this year, but you could probably make the case that he could be or should be because of the fact that he has no receivers. But generally, the guys you see that don't appear on this list every year like, we don't see Stafford on this thing really ever. Like, he barely ever, he pops up once, right? They win the Super Bowl, and then he kind of goes back. And that's kind of the question is, is this the new norm, or is this the uh, abnormal? I, th- I think we're closer to the norm. Um, he threw 37 touchdowns in 2021, this year 36. He threw 10 picks uh, two years ago. He threw nine this year. He's going to throw 30 or more touchdowns a season, in my opinion. Will the picks probably go up a little bit after he threw 15 last year? Yeah, probably. But he's going to put up numbers. He's going to put up big-time numbers. I think I feel almost 100% about saying that. The question is going to be, can he ever put up those types of numbers against superior teams, above 500 teams, and playoff teams? Yeah, here's the only thing about when I I hear those drive-by MVP candidates or whatever, like – I feel like there's context around those that... Because Wentz and Carr are really like the ones that jump out. I got fooled and burned by Wentz. It's my only wrong quarterback take in the history of this show. 
Uh, Derek Carr can be thrown into that mix. And you're asking, does Dak belong more in that category or the perennial mix? Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, when we talk about Derek Carr, Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, like, what do all of them have in common? Is that they did it on – they were still on their rookie deals. Like, they were – first couple years, the idea – in a lot of instances is, like, did the league adjust to Jalen Hurts? Did, you know, the injury – uh, when, when Derek Carr broke his leg, did that rob him of anything? When you get Carson Wentz, who, okay, Lee kind of figured out a beat on him. There's questions about his mental toughness. Like, Dak is having this peak at the time where quarterbacks tend to have the peak. Like, like quarterbacks peak at around 30, yeah. have their, their prime there for a few years. Like, this is when he should be playing his best. It is. The, the odd thing would be is for this to be really the first time that he pops. Like, what do you mean? Like, the... This isn't the first time that he popped. Well, yeah, yeah, because it's really the first time he appeared on the. He's the first time he appeared on the top four. But like, five. but like, this is what I think. This is the fifth. But that doesn't mean anything to me. What I, what you, I think we got to take into account the watered down aspect. Like, we kept saying that I think he's up there, not because he popped. I think he's up there because it was a weak list this year of candidates. Uh, a couple of years ago, when he had the same numbers, basically, the one, two, three, and MVP were Rodgers, Brady, and Cooper Cup. We kept saying, okay, Lamar's going to win it, but it doesn't feel like Lamar had, like, an all-time great special year. No, it does not. So doesn't that make it more difficult for him to find his way back? Because if Yeah, it, yeah that, that's my argument against it. That's my argument against Dak, is that he's only up there because yeah. it was a weaker collection. Right. So if it was a That's weak- my counterpoint to myself. Yeah, so... <laughs> Because if that's the case, and then you're, you would side on the stance that he may not ever make it back here. And if that's the case, why would you sign him? We did surprise you to learn that like he's finished in the top five in QBR just as many times as Mahomes has. Would it surprise me? Uh, no, it wouldn't surprise me because he is. I mean, he's got a very well, high. Mahomes is one, and Dak is five. No, no, no. Actually, <laughs> no. actually, doing that. No, no. Like, <laughs> like to be honest, actually, in fact, if you want to, I said top five because I didn't want it to be a technicality. If you said top four, Dak has done it more times than Mahomes, and so I, I mean, Dak has been. I understand the questions about him as a playoff performer. I understand the does the moment get too big? Does it rattle him? How does he play whenever the you know the the top-tier defenses are going up against him, whatever else. I, I understand all those questions, and they're fair and they're valid at this point. But we can't, because of that, in a paste, apply to him that he's just, he. this is completely unique. He's different. He stepped up this year, but but I don't think it's like a thing where it's like, this is a complete like outlier to how he's played for his entire career, because it's not. Like, he has put up similarly impressive numbers that if you look at it, it it's only improved, in my opinion, like the age 30 season here has only been above the rest of his career in the way that a normal career trajectory would have hit in your prime. With this QBR he had this year, he's topped that QBR twice in his career. He basically had the same thing in 2019. Um, and he's had, so his QBR this year was a 73, let's call it, 72.7. He had a 73 in 2020. He had a 71.9 in 19. He had a 70 in 2017. And his rookie year had a 77.6. So if you believe in QBR, this is not fluky at all. If you believe in it. Yeah, it's no, actually. It, it, it's, no, it's, he's had a, he had a great, he had a really good year, like a great year. It's, it's not fluky from the standpoint of like, he's never done it before. Okay. But his, I mean, everything you throw in there from all the metrics, DVOA, efficiencies, the you know, adjusted net yards per attempt. They were very, very high. Now, it was DVLA one, but it's adjusted at yards per attempt, very high. His CPOE was 
tremendous this year. Although it's not his best, it's his, not his best. His his adjusted net yards per attempt, though. I I mean, you're looking at that was I think a couple years ago was better. Um, this was the actually this was the fifth highest number of his career. I mean, he's had four seasons yeah. of his adjusted net yards per attempt being higher. Uh, Trevor.com text line blowing up as you would expect. 877-881-1053. Chris Canty, former Cowboy, is talking about how some of the family drama we covered on Monday with all the brothers and the mothers talking about uh, the Cowboys and everything else, how some of that could affect number four. I think that means that there are a lot more questions in Dallas that have to be answered in the way of leadership. And I don't know how that gets better with Mike McCarthy going into the season as a lame duck coach, especially when you consider the offseason that the Dallas Cowboys have to have when you're going to pay Micah Parsons, C.D. Lamb, and Dak Prescott at the top of their positions. I mean, Dak might be the highest paid player in NFL history. So I, I guess when I'm looking at this situation, knowing how much swing those players are going to have once we start talking about the contracts that Jerry's going to have to dole out, mm -hmm. I think the noise is only going to get louder. Their, 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 fam their, their families, those conversations that they're having in private, that stuff is bubbling up to the surface now on social media, and I don't know how those players walk that back, and so I only think that it's going to breed more tension as we move forward in Dallas. Okay. I mean, it's easy to walk it back. Hopefully, CeeDee Lamb has addressed it already with Dak. Uh, Mike already said my brother doesn't speak for yeah. me. When do they talk about this topic? How, how many days? I would, I would hope the day of. No, no, no. When did the Canty and them? Didn't you yesterday. Grab, yesterday. Yeah. Man. As it's, two Jaylen, weeks, it's two weeks later. As Jalen Rose tweeted a couple weeks ago, former ESPN employee, he basically told the four-letter, try to get creative. Don't be lazy. And just put up America's team in the star every single damn day. Try to actually, Try to actually be creative. Let those juices flow. Jalen Rose calling out his former employee. Which is, which is fair. It does sound a little bit like sour grapes from him, given that he comes from, like, Fab Five era and, like, all the attention and, like, big branding. Like, he's he's benefited from that. What I think is funny here is anything Canty has to say about the Cowboys, I always grain of salt. Because Why? he, like, do you, you remember when he Rock left Rock salt here? or table salt? Uh, either. Yeah, right. Sea salt. Himalayan sea salt. Sea salt, yeah. Uh, the, the, he had one of the most bitter exits of any player that's ever left here. He As soon as he left to the Giants, he immediately started talking in the press about how Romo can't get it done and how it's just not professional in Dallas. It's professional in New York. Years after leaving, he's years down the road. He's in Baltimore. He's still talking trash about Romo consistently in the press. He's just bitter. We're going to tell you how you can hang out with the World Series champs today and this weekend. We'll tell you how to meet up with them next on The Fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. World Series champion alert, not just the new reliever, David Robertson on a one-year deal. Will be 39 in April, but Choppy and Bobby seem to be okay with the relief pitcher signing. We have this news. G-Bag Nation live today from the Globe for the Rangers Awards dinner. They're going to have some big-time names joining them on the show. And then tomorrow, back at the Globe for Rangers Fan Fest, which is sold out for the first time in the team's history. And on top of all that, you can also apparently meet Peyton Russell. 
I will be going there. Yes, uh, Mackenzie's well, parents got us tickets for Christmas, so uh, we will be going there. I've never been before. I don't know what to expect. Now it's sold out, so, I mean, big crowd. Do I get there super early? So it's, people are going to get to meet the misses as well. Yes, they will be. That. We'll be walking around. It's indoors. Thank goodness. Um, so that, that'll Christmas. be nice. But I do have a little strategy to this. Now, I talked with uh, Jared Sandler for some information. Oh. Um, In the Bahamas to- right now, man, did he sun us. Dang, did he sun yeah. us bad. Yeah. Sent me a picture, mm. and um, it was overlooking some very, very nice blue water. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else, but yeah. And I said, uh, no, that's not a G-bag. This is Sandler. <laughs> and he sent me this picture right here. Oh, wow. And um, he flexed on us. Uh-huh. He said, y'all think you got uh, this nice little football ticket connection. He said, this is uh, Air Glazer. Oh, yeah, he's on Eric Glazer, huh? So while we think we got some nice little seats here for a Cowboy game, Sandler has uh, been best friends or really good friends with Bennett Glazer, the liquor. His son. His son. They went to to school together. And I guess his son's getting married, so Uh old Air Glazer, he's on the private jet plane out there for the Bahamas wedding. I'm told that. Sunned us. So he literally sunned you because it's the relationship with the son. Yes. Yes. I I think – I, if I remember, I think Bennett may have sunned Jerry with his private jet. No. I, th- I think so. Really? I think so. All right, Pepe, back to you. Sorry. So I have a strategy A strategy to this. I will not be going for it because you can, you know, go for the big-time players, Seager, Garcia, Simeon, but you wait in the long line. You know, even if you get a super early, you can still wait, and they're not guaranteed to be there, you know, all day. Once they want to get up and leave, they'll get up and leave. So I think I take multiple baseballs and, aut- and get autographs from – Lesser lines. You see what I'm going with here? Yeah, like, you like, want like, quantity over quality. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I, I can wait. In, and plus, I don't think McKenzie's going to want to wait in one line for, you know, three hours just for one player. You know, so I, I want to go in there and I want to get multiple autographs. So I think that's my strategy. I'll go get some nice brand new baseballs from Academy or wherever they sell them. Some nice Sharpies and I'll, I'll go prepared. Does but, she uh, Does she like sports? Love sports? Um, no, not really. No, she, I mean, she's college football because of Texas tech. That's what she keeps up with. But huh. baseball, I tried nothing. Cowboys. She's more into the chiefs because of Taylor Swift and Mahomes. Um, Does she have like a athlete crush? Mahomes. But I mean, that's like, you know, just Texas tech. I don't know really yeah. about crush. Um, no, try, one that she would sleep with. Uh, no, no, she, not she's not allowed to do that. Not allowed to think about that. Not allowed, <laughs> not allowed, not allowed to think about it. Yeah, even. can't do that. You know, I've taught her well. The coldest I have ever been in my life was Rangers Fan Fest in 2010. It was about 25 degrees, and we were outside in that. You get in that that area of the ballpark in Arlington, turned into a wind tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's about 20 mile per hour Ugh. winds, 25 degrees, and there was zero heat. We were out there for like four hours. I thought awesome. I was gonna die. I never gone. I never gone. So, Rangers Awards show with G-Bag today, Fan Fest tomorrow. We should have done a bet payoff for, like, Peyton had to set up a table at the very end. autograph table at the end. And have people come up and either be like, who are you? Like, are you someone? Or (laughs) just have Peyton Russell. (laughs) The payload. Rangers, if you could set that up for, like, a 30-minute thing, that would be awesome. Or made him wear, like, a Kyle Tucker jersey and walk around the whole place. Yeah. He would not have liked that. Exactly. Luca probably would have had him thrown out. Yeah, you can't do that. That's enemy territory. You can't do that. All right, we have, you want to defend PETA or a Stanley Cup update? You know what? Let's, uh, let me defend PETA here. Oh, my. All right, hit us, vegan. I never, <laughs> I literally never found myself on the same side of PETA. I don't think with anything. I don't think anything. Um, I, 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 I just, I, seriously. But they went after the University of Georgia. 
And I support anybody going up to the University of Georgia. Now, they had uh, Georgia announced on Tuesday the death of one of their mascots, the retired Bulldog mascot. He was the winningest mascot ever. Uh, Ugga X, U-G-A, Ugga, Ugga X, fondly known as, it's Q, Q-U-E, is that Q or is that K? K? Okay. I think it's K. I think it's or K. Q. He died peacefully. He was no, born in K. 2013. C-U-E is Q. Uh, he compiled a 91 and 18 record, yada, yada, yada. He compiled the record. He compiled the record. And PETA takes the tweet and retweets it. It says, R.I.P. Uga with a broken heart. We're hoping his passing reminds the University of Georgia how irresponsible it is to promote unhealthy, breathing-impaired, flat-faced breeds like English Bulldogs. Oh, so you want to join and I do support exterminating that. the bulldog race. I do not. Well, I like the bulldog race. I don't like the inbred bulldog race. Like the French bulldog is supposed to have like a nose. I know. A pronounced nose, not the flat faced nose where they can't breathe. Yeah. Uh, so I do. I do. Listen, I can keep it fair. I keep it fair. Passion. I keep it fair. <laughs> okay. Have and you? I disagree with just about everything PETA says, uh, including the point that let's say that you're, you're immoral or whatever if you eat meat. But this, I got to say. I think they're onto something here. Have so you stop the inbreeding of bulldogs? That's what or we're just doing. the breeding them so they have the flat noses. I think we, I think we, I think we're past that. Yeah, I, I, mean, don't, think, our, I don't, I don't think you can go back. But the our Frenchie had that flat nose. They also nose. have really bad backs, spines. Yeah. Have uh, you seen what a bulldog looked like a hundred years ago no, before they started no. the inbreeding? It's wild to see that. I had seen this once before. Somebody had uh, brought up. That's what a bulldog looked like in the 1920s. That's how they all look. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And it's just the years of breeding. Like, it looks almost like a boxer. But, like, yeah. the years of essentially inbreeding, that's what it is, has caused them to, like, they get all these just genetic defects. Yeah, they got problems. Like, there's, like, uh, I think there's 82 dogs on the the spectrum of intelligence, and they're, like, 80th. Uh, and like they're they have a massive underbite, which I think is supposed to be used to grab. So inbreeding is bad everywhere. That's what I'm. Inbreeding thinking. is generally bad everywhere. Okay, but purebreds generally have a lot of inbreeding too, and that's why they have health problems. I mean, that's why they, they say purebred is essential. It means inbred. That that's sort of what it is. All right, we uh, I got a lot of a uh, lot of feedback, a lot of information, uh, a lot of education on the Stanley Cups that we talked about earlier yeah. in the week, and I think we have. An update. We do. Uh, let's see. First of all, this is a bad one for me because they said doctors. By the way, the Low T Center hit me up and said they're going to give us customized Stanley Cups at the Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. I'm going to destroy these things. Yes. I'm going to be drinking out of these things left and right. That's the t- That's what Amanda says to me. She's like, oh, like it survived a fire. And that I said, how is this applicable? Why, why, why does this matter? Why are people impressed by things that are never going to go ahead and happen in life? Oh, I got ran over by a tank. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. It's never going to get run over in my entire life. But I think Atolo hit me up and yeah. said, no, the, the, the reason that the Stanley Cups, not hockey, blew up is because the car fire that happened. Yeah. So the- what happened, there was a car fire and somebody looked inside the Stanley Cup. And the ice was completely uh, stayed hold hold. Yeah, right, that's freaking impressive. That's very impressive. That's in a car fire. Yeah, the whole thing going up in flames. The ice was still in the cup. That's impressive. Yeah. So thank you, Low T Center. But <laughs> doctors are warning that the Stanley Cups are leading to a major problem. Not the championship, but these Stanley drinking cups are leading to a major problem. You're now drinking too much water. 
Oh, of course, right? Now we you got to get your water in, so but now you're drinking too much. Too much water. Yes, according to the Mayo Clinic, adult men should not have more than 3.7 liters of water a day. And what do you drink out of this with this it's big a jug? It's a gallon water. I get uh, I get most of it. I would say I get about 90% in a day. Women should have about 2.7 liters, so just under a gallon. Of course, less. So <laughs> if you're a man, you should drink no more than four Stanley Cups a day. And if you're a woman, no more than three. And why? Stanley Cups a day. Uh, because it does nothing for you. Like, your skin, after two cups, your skin's fine. Uh, it, it destroys your electrolytes. Potassium, sodium, magnesium, calcium. They get flushed out. When you lose water, you lose all that stuff. So if you lose both water and salt, but you only replenish it with water, you diminish your electrolytes. It can make you nauseous, lightheaded, yada, yada, yada. So if you're exercising and you're still drinking four of those a day, it's too much. So now, too much water. Too much water. Too much water is a problem. It's the called, other, what's called hyponitremia. Hyponitremia? Yeah, yeah. And it's basically just low sodium in the blood. Like you drown. You can almost drown yourself. But yep. they're also saying, though, that in these Stanley Cups, uh, they use insulation with lead pellets. They're using lead pellets with insulation. And yeah, some, I, made, I made Amanda read this. She, she's obsessed with hers. Yeah. So sometimes there's a rare occurrence, but... Uh, they could leak. They could those lead pellets could come out, and you could have that lead. You get lead poisoning from these Stanley Cups. Nice. So there you go. This is a uh, this is one that I saw recently. You know, we I've been going to therapy lately. You guys, of course, do a, a great yeah. job with the BetterHelp.com uh, pitch right there. Slash on and RJ. Uh, you you got to be very careful though when when vetting your therapist. You you can't just spin the wheel and pick one and find one with a nose ring. Yeah, exactly. We we have found <laughs> I, I've got a great example for you why and his name is Travis McBride. Travis McBride is an anger therapist. And what he does is he he helps you deal with your anger. When you play those violent video games, Peyton, when you're playing Call of Duty Call of Duty with Los Hombres or whatever. <laughs> it was because I was trying to say hombres. Uh with Los Hombres. Uh, and you get that angry feel inside. You would see somebody like Travis McBride. The problem is, is that I guess when you you go to this anger therapy, you you might tend to bottle some things up, just like Travis McBride, the therapist, did, uh, who is now under arrest after he lost his s in traffic in Florida. This is Florida man, and he just wailed on a homeless man and killed him. Oh no! An anger therapist. Dude. Is under arrest now. Travis McBride, forty-six of Florida, and the homeless person was not involved. Uh, no, like, like it was just he—he he lost his mind on this guy. Uh, he killed a fifty-one-year-old man, Clinton Dorsey. Uh, put his body in the back of his car and cleaned up the blood afterwards on the street. And people like I mean, it was right there on the streets of Florida. So this is why I think you should play violent video games rather than go to the therapy for the anger problem. So myself, Basic, and who would be number three for maybe anger therapy in the station? I can get pretty mm. angry. Like, okay. like, I don't feel like it happens as consistently as maybe it does with you and Mike, but I feel like my peaks are just as bad or worse. Anyone else that you can think of who would be I'd, number three? I'd put myself on the list. I mean, but I don't do it around other people. You won't ever see You're me. Ang- you get, you get very angry? It, yeah. If, if I get, if I'm alone and stuff, yeah, over sports or even video games, like I'll turn off the mic and I'll, I'll get mad. Really? Yeah. I, I don't break stuff, but yeah. I mean, like it, I, if I wow. throw a remote, it's So you think you have a temper? Um, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I will say sometimes. I, wow. Yeah, yeah. when I suggest doing two recordings, I love the star in one sitting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a... He's brought us off uh, uh, off this list, out of the no, nomination. He's easily number one, right? Oh, Basic's one. Oh, yeah, 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 Basic. I don't... I don't th- no, Broadus... Basic belt Broadus. The bees. The bees. Bro- oh, bees. you taking me off? 
Brian, uh, you're you could control it. You could control it. Okay, I appreciate. You just that. choose not to. Uh, <laughs> Brian, but I will admit. I will admit. Yeah. I read every Sean text in an angry voice. <laughs> I do too. I, I assume every text is an annoyed. We should do that angry on Fridays, voice. like all of our texts throughout the week. Yes. You, you guys go back and forth and read them in <laughs> angry. I, I tell you Sean how I interpreted tone. it in yeah. the moment. Yeah, you tell us if we nailed the tone or not. No, I that the is the one about the guest this week. That was angry. Yes, tone. I could tell yeah. that that one. I did read in an angry tone. I, I heard your voice. Uh, no, the I do. Peyton says he doesn't tend to. I don't do it anymore. But I mean, even up to like a couple years ago, I used to have anger. I would break things. There, I, and, and typically it was like, I remember one time Laura, when she was a baby, she had like was pulling on something and it fell down and I picked her up and she was hurting. As soon as I passed her over to Kristen, I just kicked a hole in this drawer because I was so mad at it. Truckwreck.com text line. Dawson. Uh, Kevin is number three. Mm. Uh, Kevin throws his headphones on the show. Oh, Sandler. Uh, Ooh, let's see. A good one. Bobby gets sassy, angry. Uh, Gavin needs anger therapy. Brought us, brought us, brought us. Basic. Um, Sean's anger is fun for all of us. Oh, cool. Uh, Dawson trying to catch Mickey at training camp. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so there it is. Sean, RJ, and Roberto on DFW Sports Station. Is Bobby's Belichick theory about to come true? Is he waiting for Mike McCarthy next year? after not getting the Falcons job. All the different guys getting hired, and what's up with Dan Quinn as well? That's next. The great Bobby Belt. You ruined the morning show. Don't make me take off my belt. Don't make me no, take no, off my belt. We're not. It hardly seems possible, but things might have just gotten even more toxic in Philadelphia. Oh, love it. More on that in just a sec. Bringing in Kellen Moore? <sighs> no, that would be a, a positive, <laughs> okay? Unless you want to run the damn ball. <laughs> uh Injury report, injury status is heading to the conference title games here, and there is a, a, a lot of significant ones that are on the docket. So uh, Sam Laporta, the Lions tight end, he's been dealing with a knee. He did not practice on Wednesday. He returned in limited fashion on Thursday. They expect him to be ready, so that's a positive. Uh, the other tight end that's a big factor here this weekend is the return of Mark Andrews, who he was a full participant at practice yesterday, so He's he's on his road back. They already waved an outside linebacker, Jeremiah Moon, to create room on the 53-man roster. He'll be back, and that is such a big boost for them. You remember that was – I mean, when Mark Andrews went down, that was mm-hmm. when a lot of the talk started of like, well, that's their cook. Like Baltimore doesn't have any options for Lamar to throw to. Uh, the big one that that is appearing closer to a return for Baltimore but is still a bit of a question due to him being limited is Marlon Humphrey. That's the best player in their secondary for the Ravens, and he missed last week's game. He injured his calf against the Dolphins on December 31st, and he's been out since then. Uh, but Mark Andrews back, Marlon Humphrey trending back, but not exactly clear yet. On the other side of the field for the Ravens, Joe Thune, their all-pro guard, he is going to miss this game. He's got a pectoral strain. That's a massive blow. With as much pressure as the Ravens can generate and as much as you're going to try and frazzle Mahomes, that's that's tough when you lose some of that interior support. And then the big one, the big one this weekend, will he or won't he has been the question about Debo Samuel. After he had the shoulder injury, there was talk. I mean, when it first happened, there were a lot of people thought, well, he's done for the year. Like, like there's nothing else you can do. He may have broken his shoulder. He did not break his shoulder. He did take a step closer to returning to the field on Thursday when he practiced, practiced in a limited form. But... He's going to be limited in this game. Everything you're reading right now coming out of San Francisco is like he's not going to be 100%. He's clearly banged up. So this a big Brock Purdy. Not I don't want to say legacy. It's early, but big Brock Purdy 
status gain? Yeah, I mean, boys, it made it the conference championship game back-to-back years. That's pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that, you know, if you lose when you're a a, a pretty prohibitive favorite. Not just lose, home, but if he plays like he did against Green Bay and they get taken out by 10 or they just lose. I, people don't remember. I mean, I will. I remember everything. <laughs> how much, how much sure. do you, if at all, how much do you write off to that was weather factors? Some. But not, but not enough for it to not be a question heading into this weekend. Mm, I don't have a big Purdy question. I believe in Brock Purdy. I'm just wondering what the narrative will end up being. And we always remember quarterback playoff losses. You know what's funny, too? Yeah, is- we remember the playoff losses for sure. I, what we fail, we don't remember is if they play poorly in a win. Like, we don't remember that. Right. True. I wonder... How much that. I wonder how okay. much Ben Johnson is going to steal from Matt LaFleur this week, though, because that's the question for me on the other side It's like San Francisco's defense has been so good. And we all know, like the the kind of freak linebackers they have, the the star guys on the defensive line. They've got, a, you know, a Pro Bowl corner. They're, they're really impressive. But some of the stuff Matt LaFleur was able to get open for them was ridiculous. Like, I've not seen just San Francisco's struggle to have anybody within Five yards of the they receiver. Had, they had one play on the on the top part of our viewing screen that reminded me of what they did against the Cowboys when he was open by sixty yards. It was and, like a very similar. Yeah. I think it was a play action. It designed like San Fran had no idea where he was. And it may, and I I bet Ben Johnson, being the type of coach that he is, being the kind of you know play designer that he is, he's going to steal from that. Like you you will see some of those same concepts, and they've got to show that they can cover it. Like, because, I mean, that's the big source. Now, obviously, yeah. there were a couple different instances of 49ers players just slipping. The field was so bad. But I am really excited bad in about San Francisco. This. And everything is California. Bad California, very bad place. Hmm. Which of these injuries, Chop, uh, for you, do any of them move you as a better? Uh, I wouldn't be moved as a better unless there's a cluster injury, to get too nerdy with that, which is like multiple injuries with the same position group. So if you've got your right and left tackler out, that's right. What, what about the return of cluster injuries? So if the Ravens are getting Humphrey and Andrews back, does that move you against Kansas City? Uh, it's big. I mean, getting getting Andrews back uh, is absolutely big. Uh, I still think I like Kansas City. I usually will just – I'm going to take the better quarterback um, in both games, uh, but it's I, – I, I would not be moved wait, so go- uh, Wait a second. So golf is better than Purdy? I thought you had Purdy as like your MVP closing out the year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Purdy had a better year. Purdy's is absolutely an MVP candidate for okay. sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I think Goff's a better player. You think Goff's a better player? Yeah. But okay. like Purdy absolutely, I think had an MVP season. The Philadelphia Eagles hired Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator, which is interesting. Brian brought this up yesterday when we were recording Love the Star. I believe that's out now, Peyton, isn't it? What was yeah. that? Yeah, love of the star. It's out now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's out. It's okay, out. all right. Thank you. Uh, no, don't check out yet. Brian had mentioned He's talking to someone. Hour left. Because obviously, like I had, I had come at it from the angle yesterday of like it's been overblown how much this has been a problem for Dak. Brian came at it from the angle of like they're going to naturally take a step back as a football team next year because of hiring Vic Fangio, because you're asking them. Who's going to take a step back? Philly. Oh. That he's like, Fangio is a 3-4 coach. Like, you're going to have to go in there and change personnel and change scheme and concepts, and that naturally has growing pains that will cause you to have to step back. And Is that that still the case, though? Yeah. Players are so, like, you know what I mean? Interchangeable. Yeah, and college, 
Most of these guys come from a 3-3-5 system in college anyway. Because I'm not doing that. Now, he might not have the choice, Sirianni. Yeah. But I'm not doing that if I'm Nick Sirianni because my head's on the chopping block next year. Yeah. Well, there's two There's two aspects where I think it still matters. 3-4 versus 4-3. The edge setters in the 3-4, the down defensive ends, are you need to be bigger, stronger. You cannot be the pin your ears back and rush guys. Does Philadelphia have those guys to control the edge and free up the edge rushers? I don't know. The other question is the, like, interior linebackers. N'Kobe Dean's a small linebacker. He's not very fat. Like, those guys, they have to, you generally need bigger, stronger, more, you know. Speed wants space. Stack and shed type of linebackers on the interior, and I don't know that they have those. But they need a reset at linebacker anyway. But either way, natural step back, Brian thinks. Brian thinks the defense is actually going to be worse next year, potentially, because of this. Good. As they kind of come around to it. But I'll tell you some people who think that, the Eagles are going to be worse next year. The Miami Dolphins players, oh. they could not be more thrilled to see Vic Fangio out the door. Javon Holland what? Javon ha- Holland posted a video. Some people took it as a veiled shot. Javon Holland, their uh, stud safety, posted a video on social media of him kicking rocks. So people were like, oh, oh he's telling somebody to kick rocks here. Uh, Cam Smith, one of their, their top corners there. He posted an emoji of a lock unlocked, like, oh, I'm unlocked now. Don't have to worry about that. There was chatter from Drew Rosenhaus yesterday. He was like, yeah, he wasn't, uh, Vic Fangio was not very well liked in that Miami locker room. Wow. wow. So, you know what I'm wondering here, though? Because Jalen Ramsey had tweeted about a defensive coach yesterday, but he tweeted about Raheem Morris getting the Falcons mm-hmm. job, saying they got one of, if not the best coach in the National Football League. So he's talking about Raheem, not about Vic. Javon, we talk about family. Look, we're going to blow up the family posts here in Dallas. Let's blow up some Dolphins posts. Uh, Javon Holland's father, Robert, tweeted yesterday, everybody loves the iPhone, but nobody wants the iPhone 1. Hashtag upgrade. So there's a a thought that the game has passed Fangio by, I guess, for some Dolphins players. Maybe he'll fall asleep like Monty Kiffin. (laughs) <laughs> that, that'd be nice, ah, ah. and then you get the you get the full reset there. But what this what was interesting to me? How old do hearing, you think Fangio is? Oh, sixty-seven. Good job, sixty-five. <laughs> oh, he was listening for that. <laughs> uh, so no, the uh, what, what's interesting to me here though is is this a is there something just toxic naturally about Miami? Bit like like the structure there because you remember there was the whole they never win, but Ever. there was the, like the, Flores went through the same thing. Like, when Flores left, people were just like, uh, off. Like, people were just like... Well, that was quite different. No, but I mean, like, players were chattering, and, and, and it was just people who go like, oh, yeah, get him out of here. It just seems like there's a deference from Dolphins' ownership, at least. Something that people would talk about maybe here in Dallas. That there's a deference from Dolphins' ownership that says players over everybody else. Like, players' opinions. We want players weighing in on coaches and like, oh, you guys don't like him? All right, he's out the door. Which, I don't know, yeah. is that the best possible way to do that do you want to build a an organizational structure like that where the play inmates are running the asylum essentially you can't say that um no yeah look i mean miami they generally strike me as kind of a an organization that's just kind of in dysfunction Mm. but it sets the city right like the city is all about star power they got to have stars that's why they that's why they bring them in so i was ready to be mad and ticked off at the dolphins for letting the eagles have fangio the Dolphins players are telling us we should be thanking them. Yeah, they're like, awesome, great, go to an even more old school scheme. Sure, take Fangio, we're not worried about it. I will say, 
the Eagles clearly have an understanding of who Fangio is because he was a consultant for them in 2022. He's been around the building, so they like him and they have an understanding of him. Uh, head coaching opportunities that still exist for Dan Quinn. There's two jobs left, and essentially it feels like one, Seattle, because the, the chatter obviously has been that Washington is going to hire Ben Johnson just as soon as Detroit's out of the playoffs. But that leaves just the Seattle job left, and Dan Quinn still does not have a job. And there's not like this growing chorus of like, yeah, this is Dan Quinn's job. They had five candidates that they brought back for second interviews. Raheem Morris was one. He obviously just got the job in Atlanta yesterday. Uh, The job obviously was filled in Carolina with Dave Canales, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator. So the only guys left that Seattle has had second interviews with are Mike Kafka, uh, Patrick Graham from the Giants, Dan Quinn, and then I cannot remember who the other one was. Another Oh, uh, the, the Panthers defensive coordinator. I, I can't remember his name. But Ron Rivera. The only one there who has previous head coaching experience is Dan Quinn. Like, he's the only one left now that Raheem Morris has taken a job. He knows their organizational structure. So this seems like this would be a slam dunk, and we would hear that he's got this one locked up. So it's a little odd that we aren't hearing any of that chatter. When can we get the real deal on why Belichick is still unemployed? When can we get the real deal on what turned the Falcons off, if anything? If Bill said no, if he declined other interviews, this not wanting to go to a major media report from Florio, when can we get the real dirt? That's what I want to know, because you had the theory yesterday, Belichick may take a year off and wait for these other jobs. Yeah, because, I mean, like, uh, was there were there really, like, intriguing jobs out there this offseason? Like, were there any, like, oh, man, that's... A, I, I think Chargers was probably the most intriguing because they yeah. obviously have Herbert. Right. But, I mean, that was one where they felt pretty set on Harbaugh, and so there wasn't really an opportunity to interview for that one. But I, I don't know that there were any really intriguing jobs out there. Next year, I mean, Sirianni is, is potentially dead man walking here. We've got McCarthy, who's potentially lame duck. Giants, those are three really prestigious jobs, I'm sure... Belichick or Vrabel or anybody else would want. Why'd you say prestigious, not prestigious? I don't know. I'm homeschooled. Below. Did you say prestigious or prestigious? I say prestigious. I think right. I, I prestigious think I say that. sounds them. like you're more educated. It's, it definitely does. Yeah. Prestigious, it, it, prestigious sounds way I think more. I, inter- I think I use them interchangeably, right. actually. Hmm. You should stick to one. Hmm. I would think it's 2024. The Cowboy fans have spoken about every single topic. Where do you land in the off-season Cowboy Fan Survey? Final hour Friday edition of Sean, RJ, and Bobby is next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 